Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I will tell you what, Dr. Virginia, I am super excited to finally be recording this episode on Burnout. Yes, yes, yes. Same, same, same. This is um, not our first attempt at recording this. We've had some technical difficulties. But I will say this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the very first time we tried to record this, I... um, as soon as we started, I immediately started feeling conviction. Our episode is on burnout. Right. And I just like the second we got going, it was like the Lord was like, hey, so you're about to talk about all these techniques and all these ideas. Are you doing them? <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so because one of, and we'll talk more about this. One of my favorite things is getting out and going for walks. And that's also the very first thing to go whenever I'm most stressed and most busy and have the most going on. Um, and so the Lord really convicted me like, hey, you know, if you're going to if you're going to talk about these things, if you're going to try to teach these things, you know, you got to be practicing them. So <laughs> and that's the hard part. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. really and easy I have, to know what we need to do. Yes, it's actually not, going through with it is the difficult yes, part. Yes, yes. But you know, but that day, that very day, since we ended up not recording that, I took that extra little slice of time and went to my favorite place to go walk and um went and walked, you know, out on a nature trail and out in nature. And so so even though I felt a lot of conviction um about that, it all worked out in the end. Um and so I it was just a good reminder for me to do the things that I know that I need to do to help me and my personal well being and my spiritual well being and emotional and mental. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well and that's the thing. I, I, I have to admit for me the things that we're going to be talking about today have been the most difficult of my ministry, I believe, because I do tend to try to do everything. I don't tend to really always think about the repercussions of the things that I have done over the years and how it does start to build up and how it does start to wear on you after a while. And so there, there are things that are really easy for us as ministry leaders to put off because we think that there are other things that are more urgent. Mm. But they Mm. are so vitally important for us Mm -hmm. to be able to continue our ministry. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before where, you know, on the airplane, they tell you to put the mask on yourself before you put it on the children or other help other people. Because if you are not taking care of yourself, you can't help other people. And it's that same sort of idea with all of the things that we're going to be talking about today. There are things that are vitally important that you do to take care of yourself so that you can continue to lead in your ministry and to reach out and to help others. And so I'm really excited about the topics because truly I have done a ton of research on this because I have read every book, every article, because again, it's something that I truly struggle with. And so I've worked really hard to try to figure out how to implement these things into my life and into my ministry over the years. So, so I'm very excited. So let's, let's just jump in. Let's jump in and talk about what are some of the things that we can do as children's ministers to help 
prevent burnout because it's a very real thing. I, I, I wish that I had been that really great doctoral student and done my research so that I had numbers. But honestly, I don't even think we need numbers for this one to know that it's true. Ministry burnout is an issue all the way across the board in any place that you serve. But I really do believe that it is very high in children's ministry because of the nature of our ministry and the things that we have to do. And so Let's just jump right in. What are some things that you think about when you think about how we can help protect ourselves from burnout, how to prevent burnout in our own life, and our own ministry? Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump in with some personal disciplines, um, both spiritual disciplines and just physical habits and things that we can do to address burnout, um, starting with spiritual disciplines, right. um, things like you know, having our daily quiet time, as we used to call it back in the early 2000s. Um, I don't know if people still call it that anymore. Um, But spending time in scripture. Yes, personal time in scripture and in prayer. Um, And this is different than preparing to teach, preparing a lesson. Um, That is one of the things that they um, definitely emphasize in seminary. They say, look, like preparing to teach. Yes, it is time in the word. But it's not that personal time in the word for your own spiritual benefit and edification. But you need to be pouring that into yourself um, before you're or before you are pouring that out to others. Right. Because when you're when you are preparing to teach, when you're preparing a lesson, your focus, your your prayer, everything about that lesson you're preparing is is for others. You know, you're you're looking at not that you can't glean a lot of wonderful things from your preparation time. Right, right, right. But your focus is to pour into others. It's not looking at your own personal spiritual life and how God is speaking to you. You're looking for how you can speak to others. And so it is really important that we make sure that we have that time that we can spend with God on our own. And I've, I've been just as guilty of that as everyone else, where you just spend so much time pouring into preparing that you think, Oh, I've, I've I've been in the scripture all day. I'm good. But that's really not, it's really not Not the same thing. Right. No, right. no. And I think that's why it's so important for you to find a specific time that you can yes. worship. Yes. A, a time for you to worship and a time for you to learn from someone else teaching the word of God. Right. And that is probably the thing that is the most difficult for children's ministers to be able to do because <laughs> we are so very connected to being in our ministry area during Bible study, during Sunday school, during worship service during all of these times. And, right. and a lot of, a lot of ministers don't have the option because leadership wants them to be in the serve in their area during the service every single time. And I understand that completely. I, I, I have been blessed that most of the pastors that I've worked for have been very adamant about me making sure that I yes. have time in the worship service, yes. I have time in a small group that I have the ability to be able to do that at some point during the week. But now there have been times where I've been with leadership that preferred me to be in the children and preschool area during every single serving time. And so when that happens, I've had to be a little more creative to find <laughs> ways to allow myself to be in worship because I can remember the first time I had not done that for a very long time. I had been serving. I had not been in worship for a very long time and I attended a conference Mm 
Mm-hmm. And during the worship portion of the conference, I literally just cried through the entire mm-hmm. thing because I was so emotional because I realized, wow, I have not worshiped with other believers in so, in so long, long. Mm-hmm. that it just, I felt it just in every yeah. fiber of my being and it right, just was right, overwhelming. Right. And so it was at that point that I decided I had to find some place where I could worship and where I could learn and where I could be a part of that. And so I had worked it out. We, we lived in a large city at that time and there was actually a church that had services on Friday evening. Mm-hmm. And so I worked it out with my pastor where he knew that on Friday evenings, I was going to attend this worship service and this, and, and so that was my, that was my time to be able to go worship and be um, with right, other believers right. and to learn. And I know that that's not always possible, but the great thing about today is that we have so <laughs> many churches that post their services right. online. So you can even in your own home still participate in worship and have someone that you're learning from either, whether it's your own church where you can watch your own church service and, but you have to block out a yes. Sabbath. Yes. You know, if yes. your Sabbath can't be Sunday because yes. you're working the whole time in your ministry, then you need to have another day. That's your Sabbath. Yes. That is Absolutely. your time to worship, your time to learn, Absolutely. your time to rest. And so it's just vitally important that you protect that ability to have a Sabbath sometime during the week. Right. And, and, you know, one of the ways I I kind of think about it and discuss it with, you know, children's ministry leaders is if any other church member always (laughs) missed the Mm -hmm. worship service, we would say to them, Hey, come back. We miss you. You know, we want to see you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's important to be a part of this fellowship. It's important to be um, in this community and, and, to feel like you're in that community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, God created us to be a part of communities and to be a part of fellowship with other believers. You know, he didn't create us just like what you're saying to do this on our own. And so that whenever we finally are with other believers, we just bring right. down weeping because <laughs> it's right. been so long because I've been in that so position long. too. Right. And so, you know, I, I just think, um, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, that wouldn't fly for anyone else. And so, so really, you know, we need to like, just like what you said, be very intentional about getting ourselves in fellowship with other believers, just like we would expect of any other Christian, for sure. I think the biggest mistake that I have probably made in my home ministry and, and, and through most of my time in in serving is that I have forgotten that my ministry is not the same as my relationship with God. Mm. You know, I am foremost a child of God. Amen. My ministry cannot be the entirety of my relationship with God. Amen. My, you know, before I say I am a children's minister, I have to be able to say I am a believer in Christ. I am a follower of Christ. And so my relationship with God has to come first over my ministry, just like we would tell anyone else, if you were an attorney or a doctor or, you know, any other church member, like you said, that would come to us and say something about their job being the most important thing in their life, we would come back and say, oh, but no, (laughs) your, your, you know, your relationship with God is the most important thing in your life because it is. And so for us as, as, as people who serve in ministry, we tend to kind of gray the two together and when that happens, it can affect you in significant ways because ministry is not always 
easy and it's not right. always kind and it's not always edifying. There are, are moments that you have to kind of struggle through. And so you have to have that relationship with God, that foundation yes. to be able to serve in ministry and be able right. to keep your focus on what the main thing is. And and yes. so Amen. we have to be able to find that way to protect our spiritual life while we are serving. And I think that that's one of the greatest causes of burnout. Yes. I really think it's probably one of the greatest causes of when you hear people <clears throat> say after serving in ministry, they are no longer believers. Mm. Like so many times we mm. hear of people saying, walk away I, I, I'm walking away from, you know, from everything that has to do with God because of ministry. And I think it's because mm. of that. I think ministry becomes the focal point of that person's spiritual life. And so when something happens in ministry, it affects right. their spiritual life negatively. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just vitally important that we are able to separate those two things in our personal lives where we have our relationship with God and we serve in ministry and, and find a way to be able to, to bring the two together but then be very separate things at the same right. time, if that makes right. sense. Hopefully yes. that yes. is clear. It does. It does. That then that that makes a lot of sense. And that's a very good distinction, right? Between, you know, being a child of God all the time, every day, regardless of our circumstances. And right. yes, being a vocational minister mm -hmm. um, and not not letting that vocational ministry take over and right. squash out everything else as it right. can very easily do. Cause um, a, a very seasoned long tenured, I mean, 35 years plus um, music minister said to me once, he said, you know, the church will take as much as you will give it. Right. You can't expect the church to set boundaries around your time, around your family, around your energy. You right. have to set those boundaries because you know, the it's church true. and the ministry and the needs will just keep coming and coming and coming and coming. And so you have to set those boundaries, um, which is another one of our topics. But Actually, first, let's I, get to... I, I oh, go think that, that goes well uh -huh. um, into the, the talking about boundaries and how we do need to set boundaries. And I'm not great at boundaries. I don't yeah. know about you, Dr. Virginia, but I am really terrible at boundaries because I tend to, in my brain the way that it works, I tend to think that I'm being selfish if I set boundaries mm. and I'm really not. But that's not boundaries right. help you and they help the people you are working with. Right. And so what are some of the boundaries <laughs> that you are thinking of when? Um, definitely just, like I said, around your time, around your family, um, not one is like not feeling like you have to constantly be available anytime anyone in the church wants to see you, wants to meet with you. Like, it's okay to carve out a few certain times a week to be like, you know, someone's like, Oh, I want to meet with you. And I want to talk with you about this. Right. And you say, you know, okay. So I, you know, have some time on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Mondays at this time, you know, wh which, which one of those days and times would be good right. for you. Right. Um, that way, if they're, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, I'd really like to meet with you for a nice coffee chat at 5.00 AM. Um, you know, it, it's okay to set boundaries around your time. Um, it's okay to set boundaries around your time with your family. Um, there will always be emergencies. There will always be, you know, surprise church members in the hospital and you have to deal with that. And we get that. But yes. for the most part, um, carving out that time, setting aside those specific times and putting it on your calendar, 
writing it down, entering it in that way. Okay, Friday night's family night. This is an event scheduled on my calendar. Um, I have, again, these three blocks of time that I'm available to meet with people. Let's fit it in one of these three days and times. Um, and so just being intentional, deliberate, um, and setting some boundaries around your time and around your schedule for starters. You really, you really have to, because I had, I had a lady in our ministry one time that sent me an email, like, for example, this, she did this often, but for example, this one particular day, she sent me an email Mm -hmm. and then five minutes later, she sent me a text to ask if I received the email. And then five minutes later, she called my ministry assistant to find out if I had received the email and the text. <laughs> oh, goodness. And right, right, so right, it, right. It, it ended up, and then that became a very regular occurrence. It wasn't an emergency. It was right. literally just some information about an event that we had, you know, like six months in the future. So it wasn't right. even like an immediate thing. Yeah. Right. And so I really ended up having to kind of schedule a meeting with her to say, look, I, you, I appreciate all you do in the ministry and I appreciate your excitement about things, but I just mm-hmm. want to let you know that I'm just not, I, I'm not always going to immediately be able to answer just everything that comes across my desk <laughs> because there's also others that are doing the same. And I am also not the type of person, like, for example, if I'm talking with you and my right. phone rings, unless I know I'm waiting for like an emergency kind of call, right, I, I right. don't answer it. Mm-hmm. And that can really annoy some people because they really feel like that they should be answered immediately. Every minute. And, and, mm-hmm. and I understand that, but that is, mm-hmm. that is their misconception. And we can't yes. let that affect the way that we are, are, are handling our day because then it becomes constantly just dealing yes. with these interruptions that could wait because they're not somebody is in the hospital in ICU. This is, you know, just, I need to know about an event in six months. You know, we want to respond timely. I'm a big person and I do try to get my inbox done every day because, you know, I do want to respond in a timely manner. Right. But I, I had to make sure that I let people know if you text me, it might be a while before I answer because Mm -hmm. I could be in a meeting or I'm doing something else. I was really big on making sure I put the, the things that you can set to send those out of office messages Mm -hmm. so that if Mm -hmm. it was a time that I was with my family, that it sent that immediate message back, you know, thank you for your contact. I'm out Mm -hmm. of the office. Mm -hmm. I'll get back in touch with you as soon as possible kind of thing. Just Mm -hmm. a very, Mm -hmm. so that people would know, Mm -hmm. but it was, it's like you said, it's making sure that you can, um, making sure that you set these very important boundaries on what you're comfortable with and what you feel like you can handle in your day with your schedule and the way things work for you. I heard somebody say, and I wish I could remember who it was because I hate not giving credit, but it was somebody on Instagram who made the statement that I think that you need to learn um, that I'm sorry, no is a complete Mm -hmm. sentence. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. you know, after Mm -hmm. you say no, Mm-hmm. You don't have to necessarily explain yourself or, or say why or qualify mm-hmm. it in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, once you set your boundaries, these are the things that I am, am willing to do. These are the things that I, you know, these are my no's. Then, you know, be be confident in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just like what you're saying, just that just because we live in such an instantaneous society, mm-hmm. such an interconnected society, you're right. It doesn't, doesn't mean that you like, owe people that constant access to you because that's exhausting. It is exhausting. That's exhausting. And you can't, um, 
you can't focus on, you know, deep work and have deep focus if your phone's dinging, <laughs> you know, every right. five seconds and you're constantly checking emails and texts. And so it is. So it's definitely okay to, to set aside those times. Like, okay, I'm going to check my email. I'm going to check my, you know, digital stuff at this time mm -hmm. from this time to this time. You know, and just like you said, I'm going to respond in a timely manner. I'm going to respond, you know, within 24 hours or whatever you think is appropriate. Um, but definitely setting those boundaries around all of that. So. And understanding that if that has not been your norm mm. and you're realizing that it needs to become what you do, you're going to receive pushback from it. Right. Because people right. have come to expect the mm -hmm. immediate, the they've come to expect access. you to drop everything just to, so it's going to be a learning, there's going to be a learning curve mm -hmm. there. And, and you just need to be prepared for that and still right. understand that even if someone else gets upset at your boundaries, that is their issue, not yours. You mm -hmm. have set your boundaries. You've set what you know you can handle, what you can do. And then you move forward from there. And it's not an it's not an easy thing. It's not something I've ever done very well, but it's something that's really, really important for us to, yeah. to be able to do. Yeah. Now we talked a little bit about you, you know, walking in nature, that type of thing. Yes. Have, have you <clears throat> been pretty good at being able to remember to take care of your physical body yeah. well <laughs> through ministry? Or is that something that you struggle with? Because I've obviously, I've struggled with it a great deal. <laughs> No, I hear that because there are lots of basic physical habits that we need to put in yeah. place um, just for our own well-being. Things like, like getting enough sleep, um, eating good nutrition, um, just taking care of our physical bodies because um, it is it's easy to feel like we need to stay up late to do that one more little thing. Or, you know, I'm just going to grab something quick for lunch today, or I'm just going to skip lunch, or I'm just going to, you know, eat some goldfish from the snack cupboard, <laughs> and then that'll be fine. But really, we do. We have to take care of, of our physical needs, of our bodies, in order to be able to serve in the ways that God wants us to. Yes. Um, sleep, food, all, all those things included. They're, they're just, it's vital. And I promise you when I was young, I thought, oh, it doesn't matter. I can handle this. Like I could do, you know, I could eat whenever I could not eat. I could eat if I needed to, you know, like just something quick. I could do whatever I could lift. I could carry, I could move things. I would carry the heavy tables to do all the setup by myself. Uh, because I could, and I thought, okay, I can do this. It's fine. Yeah. And I can't count the number of times I'd be carrying a heavy table down a hallway <laughs> past the deacons as they stood there chatting and they'd say, hello, Valerie. And I'd be like, hi. And I would just keep carrying the table. Never in my head did I ever think to stop and say, hey guys, could you all help me carry this table and set it up? Because I just never would have done that because I felt like I had to be responsible. It's my ministry. I have to do all the setup. I have to do all the teardown. And over time, it really mm. began to take a toll. It wasn't something that yeah. I noticed until many years into it that mm -hmm. I really did not do my back a favor by taking mm -hmm. on all of those responsibilities and not asking for help that, you know, not exercising, not staying, you know, strong, not eating well, that all of that begins to catch up to us yes. as we get older. Yes. yes. And so now looking back, I'm like, oh, I wish that I had been more mindful of all of those things as I was, was growing in ministry. And as I was doing her, I, so I didn't take on so much on myself because it has been more detrimental over the years than I think I realized at the time. So one of the things I always say to people is, yes, please think through like how you do things yes. and how you treat your body and how you take yes. time because 
even though it, it might not feel immediate, it's important. It's cumulative. Mm -hmm. yes. 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 It is. It definitely is. Yeah. Absolutely. And another thing is, you kind of mentioned this and I mentioned it, um, spending time out in nature. I had, um, I was t telling Valerie earlier, I heard two separate podcasts who both talked about spending two hours in nature a week. And they were saying that two hours in nature is going to be the new 10,000 steps. Um, so, you know, we all, we all kind of like set that as our benchmark, like, okay, 10,000 steps a day. I can do that. That's really going to help my health. You can do that at the church easy. And, usually yes, you're running around yes, in circles. Yes, yes, yes. You're not wrong. Absolutely. Um, and not that 10,000 steps is bad, oh, but yeah. that um, you know, scientists and researchers are discovering just how essential it is for our mental, emotional, and physical health to be spending time outside in nature. And whenever we were talking about this too, it's almost, we were like, oh, it's almost like God designed us to live like in a perfect, beautiful garden in perfect harmony with him and oh, no. nature and everything. It's almost like that's designed into how we operate. Imagine that. <laughs> Well, and it's so funny because I just actually read an article this morning that was talking about the same thing. It was a study talking about exercising in a gym or inside or in, compared to exercising outside. And it talked about the mental and the physical, just uh, just the how much better outside was for the participants in that particular study to be outside as opposed to even if they were doing the same activities inside. Right. And right. so it really does, it does make a big difference. And it so does. again, it's taking just that few minutes just to step outside and take a deep breath and get your feet in the grass and, and just take <laughs> yes. that moment to just sort of have that, that, that moment for yourself to be able mm -hmm. to just have it some time to, to relax for, even if it's just a few minutes in the middle of the day, it's incredibly right. important. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. We're very fortunate to have like a nice little nature trail, um, where there's like some, some little streams and some babbling brooks. And it's just being out there in the midst of the trees and hearing that running water. It's yeah. just, I'm like, man, this is really refreshing. <laughs> like, this is really nice. <laughs> so I'm very one grateful the, for that. <laughs> one of the things that I did too, not, now this is not talking about outside, but just talking about taking that minute was that I had found a place in the church that I could go when I just needed a moment. Mm. It was just a, it was, it was sort of an out of the way place that no one kind of ever came along. You know, it was just, it was just, I would stay there in the dark. I wouldn't even turn on any lights because then wouldn't anybody know I was there, mm -hmm. but it just was just a place where I could go for just five minutes. Just go close yourself in the VBS closet or whatever. Yes. yes. Finding that spot, wherever mm -hmm. that spot might be. And just taking that, that, those few moments just to pray for a minute, just to, to take those deep yes. breaths. Because if I'm in my office, there's going to be people oh, there. Right. I mean, right. it's just, right. it's just, you know, there's no, right. there, there was no way to have that quiet moment in the middle of that. Right. So it was finding kind of my own little secret getaway spot that mm -hmm. just gave me that pause whenever I needed that minute. And so it's finding ways that you can just insert, even just for a couple of minutes, it doesn't have to be for an hour. It doesn't have to be a long right. time. It can just be right. those few minutes outside or find that place where you can just take a deep breath and just pray for a minute and just sort of recenter your mind before you kind of jump back in. And so that's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one, one, re one resource, blah, if I can talk, um, <laughs> that 
um, I think is, has been good for me and that I've been enjoying is, um, and he doesn't pay me to say this, Carrie Newhoff. Um, he's got a great <laughs> podcast, the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. He also has a new book called At Your Best. And it is, it's, it was born out of, so Carrie Newhoff, a little bit about him. He um, is essentially kind of like a leadership guru now, but he was a um, minister in Canada for mm-hmm. like 20 years or something, um, mm-hmm. pastored a church there. And um, he, the, the book At Your Best was sort of born out of his personal experience with burnout mm-hmm. and um, wanting to help other people be strategic in how they, how they use their time and not just time management, but like building a life and building your priorities in such a way that, as he says mm-hmm. it, you have a life that you don't feel like you constantly need a vacation from. Right. And so, um, and so I think he's got lots of great podcast episodes. He's got that book. He's just got lots of really good resources for that. So again, he doesn't pay me to say that, (laughs) but, (laughs) but that has been, um, just some resources that I have found that have been helpful for me and, in reframing the way I think about, um, like how I use my time, um, how I schedule my day and how I prioritize different things throughout the day. So, well, and I think that goes very well into our other heading for our topics. Mm -hmm. And that's looking at your organization, looking at leadership. And it's just vitally important that you find those types of resources, whatever type of of leadership advice that that you seem to speak to well, to find that person that you that encourages you when you read their material, when you listen to their podcast, so that you can think through strategically how you want to lead your ministry and how are you going to organize your life to be able to be this leader that you, you know, that you have been called to be, mm-hmm. because I, I promise you it, it, we've, we've talked a lot about this as we've been talking about how demanding ministry mm-hmm. can be and how it's, it's constant. It's never ending. You always have the next event to plan for. You always have the next emergency right. that comes up. You always have the next event that you have to, to find leaders for, you know, there's this, it's, it's a non ending type of situation. And so you're never going to find yourself with ample time to be able to prepare. Mm. It's, it's never going to happen. You have to carve it out. So you have to schedule it. And I I've talked to so many children's ministers that will say, but I don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. And it, it goes back to, it is just a requirement that you make time to do this. You, you, you if you don't, you're going to constantly be running behind mm-hmm. and it's going to constantly be the stress on you that you can't overtake because it's impossible to catch up. You're never going to catch up. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I hate right. to tell you that, but you're just, you're never going right. to catch up. And so what you really need to do is, is, is to do a couple of things for your own personal health, for your own personal, just to be able to handle the stress. And that is to take some time at some time, choose whenever the beginning of the year is for you, mm-hmm. whether the beginning of the year for you is a January kind of a start to the year. If the new year begins for you for September, when, when, um, when school starts and when you do promotion or if it's the end of the school year, if it's in May, when, you know, however you want to look at your calendar, you know, you pick what is the most comfortable for you to be your beginning of your year and the close of your year. Mm -hmm. And before the beginning of your year, 
calendar a couple of days Mm -hmm. that all you're going to be doing is planning. Mm -hmm. And that means that you will probably need to get away from the office. Mm -hmm. It may mean that you may need to get away from home for a couple of days. Um, that's one thing that my husband and I always did that I was, I, I always was very appreciative to him for is that I would literally get a hotel in town. I wouldn't, cause I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money to like plan Go a major off. trip. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew that I wouldn't get work done at home like this. I knew I wouldn't get work done at the church like this. And so I would take a couple of days off And then I would just go to a local hotel and I would just spend the time in prayer and planning for the upcoming year. Mm -hmm. Just that little moment to be Mm -hmm. able just to get away. But the main thing that I did was I looked through my year. I planned out my calendar. Mm -hmm. I planned Mm -hmm. out when was going to be the best day for my day off. I planned out, you know, what conferences I wanted to go to that year. I planned out you know, kind of what my schedule was going to be for the day. How was I going to fit things in? And it made a huge difference for me because it gave me that opportunity to really sit and look at the coming year and to just sort of get my brain focused on what I needed to make sure got done. It gave me a chance to look at vision a little bit more for the ministry. What did I want to accomplish in ministry this year? What were the areas that I wanted to do? And I could always do that during a conference The thing about conferences is that you're going all day long and you're getting so much information. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah, it really is. And it's huge. But I would always try to kind of, you know, like I said, I would make those notes for conferences and then I would take them with me for these days Mm -hmm. that I would take off to sit, to go through, to make my decisions then. Okay. This was a really good point. Oh, I'm not really focusing on this area well enough. Oh, Mm -hmm. I need to. And it would be Mm -hmm. kind of where I would recenter myself. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's really, really important for you to be able to have that time just to be able to plan and to be able to think through your year. And it really is going to be worth it in the end, because I know there's a lot of people that say, Oh, it's so crazy when I come back after taking a couple of days off. And it is. Right. Because, you know, your kids and you've got, you know, things that, that and the other, and obviously, emails, all, all the stuff. Done. Oh, all the yeah. stuff. Yeah. But for me, it was always very right. helpful. And it really meant a lot for me to be able to take that time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found it really helpful. Yeah. I've been very fortunate to be on church staffs where we do that as a staff. Um, we would take a couple days of planning. Um, and so... It, it just sort of would depend on the circumstances, but for example, we would stay locally and we would just go and like rent the conference room, not even rent, but would check out the conference room um, at our local associational office and, and go there. Just get, just like what you're saying, get away from the mm-hmm. church office, um, get away from, from the demands, kind of set our phones aside and, and as a group do exactly what you're talking about. That strategic planning and, and looking at the calendar and, you know, calendaring events a year out. And we would do that twice a year. Um, and so I've been very fortunate to be a part of a church staff that, that did that as a group. But even so, I mean, that doesn't preclude doing that personally, especially in advance of those group times. That way right. you come into that staff calendaring and that staff planning with, um, clear vision and goals and ideas and direction, you know, in your mind as well. So, yeah, 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 it, it, it never, it, it, it's always useful. It's, it's always worth it in the end 
to yes. have that time to figure out how you're going to block out that time and figure out how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that you mentioned something when you were talking to the importance of having ministry relationships outside yes. of your church. Yes. yes. The importance of finding other children's ministers that you yes. can meet with on a regular basis, mm-hmm. even if it's just lunch once a month. Mm-hmm. or once a quarter, mm-hmm. or- finding ways that you can connect with other children's ministers yes. so that yes. they can, you know, give you advice so that they can sort of listen to your struggles that you can listen to theirs. And that gives you that opportunity to just have another right. point of view to look at. Have you found that useful? Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and, um, and I think it's, I think it's very important for, for these sort of um, close ministry friends who who you're bouncing ideas off of whenever you're getting discouraged, whenever you're struggling, these are the people you talk to. I think it's very important for them to be people outside of your church. Um, mm-hmm. I think, one, it's always good to get an outsider's perspective. If you say, hey, this is what's going on. These are the d- dynamics. You know, how would you handle this? What do you think? Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, I think um, we would never, ever want to give a perception that there are certain people within our church who are like in the know with us or in a click with us or like they know all the scuttlebutt because they're our friend or whatever. Right. And so so I think we have to be obviously want to be friendly and kind and and right. welcoming to everyone. But I do think we have to be um, very cautious with whom we we sort of share those um, ministry related struggles. And I think getting perspectives from other children's ministers um, and other people in the ministry is super valuable. I mean, Valerie has, you have been one of those people for me over the years. Like I said, we met 10 years ago um, at seminary. Um, But even so, I mean, you don't have to go to seminary to find these people. Another great example is um, I went to a conference, heard a wonderful speaker on safety and security, Faye. (laughs) And so Valerie and I, Valerie also knows. And so I went up to her after the conference and said, hey, I would love for you to come speak at my church. Um, And then she did. And so kind of from there blossomed this this relationship with her as well. And so, so I think part of it, especially for me as an introvert, talking to other people who maybe are introverted and who, you know, we're not the kind of people who have never met a stranger. We have met a stranger. Um, But just being open and willing to just going up and having those conversations to talking to someone when you're at a conference or, you know, when you're at an event um, with other children's ministers or people in the ministry, just being like, you know, I'm just going to go strike up some conversations and just see if there's someone who I click with and someone um, with whom I can develop these relationships. And so, and I think that's what's so important. Really, it, It really is because you have to be able, you know, there are things that you can never discuss with church members. There are things you can't really discuss with your own staff. There are, you know, we all have moments where we need just to be able to have these conversations of this is happening and I don't know what to do about it and know that you can trust that person to be confidential about the situation and for it not to become church gossip or for it not to become a problem with church members who do have a difficulty with that line. And so I think it's really important that you have that outlet outside of your church. And like I said, it doesn't have to be another children's minister. It can just be another close friend that, you know, that you trust and you appreciate their advice. And, Mm -hmm. but it is nice to have both, to have that person that you trust, that you can get some advice from, that you can vent to 
without mm-hmm. it being a problem. Right. You know, that person that just lets you say, say, I, I know, just say whatever you want to say and get it out. Right. Because we have those moments where we do, we can't keep right. holding it all inside. We can't right. keep trying to handle it all ourselves. We were created for relationship. Yes. We were created to have relationships yes. with one another and to lift one another up and support one another. And so right. finding people who can do that in your life is vitally important. And I can promise you, if you're looking for a children's minister to have that kind of relationship with, that children's minister is probably looking for somebody to have that relationship <laughs> yes. with too. Yes. Because yes. we really do, we we want that input. We want it to, to get new ideas and we want your opinion and we want that. So so taking the time to try to find ways you can build relationships. And we've talked before about how I was always really blessed when I was in a large city that we had a meeting of children's ministers mm-hmm. in the city where we, would, where we would get together for lunch once a quarter and just talk about different things that we were dealing with and get input and advice. And so I built a lot of relationships through those meetings. And so that can be, you know, a really great thing to think about, mm-hmm. even if it's outside of your denomination, even if that church has a children's minister, but they're not the same denomination you're in children's ministry. It's all the problems are all the same all the way across the board and yes, all the challenges yes. are the same. And yes. so it's just really good to find those people in your community where you can build those relationships. with. I think you made a really great point when you talked about how you went to another church for a conference and you met Faye and you heard yeah. her speak. And so I think making sure that you're going to conferences whenever you can yes, to set absolutely. up those times where you can go get training where you can can go to um, learn and to grow, but also to be able to visit other churches, to be able to see their children's ministry. Mm-hmm, Usually mm-hmm. a children's minister is very happy to let you come and just tour through the building and to yeah, see you know, what they, you know, see yeah how they have things set up so you can ask questions and you can get information. And that's always incredibly helpful. But you also can find things like you just said, you found Faye and then you brought her into your church yes. to do training. Mm-hmm. And so finding the opportunity to do conferences. I usually did two conferences a year. I tried to do one that was the publishing house of the material we were using at the church so that I felt like I got that training on the material that we were using. Mm-hmm. And then I also would personally try to go to just another children's conference somewhere mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. year that was maybe a different publishing house or a different organization so that I could just sort of glean other information, different viewpoints, different material, different Um, people just that kind of have that broader view. So I would have one that the church would cover for me to attend. And then one that I just, we sure we budgeted for me to be able to attend on my own. And so I always found that really helpful. Do you have conferences that you attend each year? Um, You know, it's kind of varied over the years, um, but yes, um, definitely children's ministry conferences. We have um, our state association um, is really great to have routine conferences. Mm -hmm. I know we talked recently that, I guess right. it was three, three weeks ago now, um, right. went to like a, a safety and security training with our um, state association, which um, was really great. And, and it's easy for me to feel like, oh man, like <laughs> I've heard all this stuff, but you know what? I'm so glad I went because my state had updated the mandatory reporting statutes and I didn't know. And mm-hmm. so I got some information on um, updated mandatory reporting statutes. So, so even with, um, you know, conferences where it's like, you feel like, oh man, I've been to a lot of conferences, but man, you <laughs> never know what you're going to learn. You never no. know. I always walk um, away with something. Yes. Always. Yes. Yes. And, and so, 
And one, one thing that I did for the first time last year, which, and this is like, maybe I'm probably the weird one for like doing this for the first time just last year. Um, but I, I went to um, a women's ministry conference, I actually ended up going to two. Yeah. And it was the first time that I'd been to women's ministry conferences, one um, at Southeastern, our old alumni school, um, mm-hmm. and then another one. And so I was like, oh, this is really nice. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> and, so, and so I don't know why, like I'd done tons of children's ministry conferences, but it just never crossed my mind to, to go to a women's conference. And so I've got one of those on the schedule for next year as well, oh, because good, good. it's one of those things where it's not um, so much like career development, but it is still personal development. Basically, like what we were talking about at the start of this episode. I was to say, it's just what yes. we were saying before, kind of that personal spiritual relationship. Back around, yes, back into yeah. our own um, personal walk with Christ to mm-hmm. where I, it was just like, oh, this is really nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, oh, they're, they're always and uh, finding that, yes. finding the, the Bible teacher that you enjoy, finding their conference, mm-hmm. because most of them have them at some point you know, finding a women's conference, finding those things, because I have found over the years that I've always thought was very interesting there. If, if you find a church event, like for example, a lot of times our own denominational events, they don't have special breakout sessions for children's ministry. Mm -hmm. And part Mm -hmm. of the reason is because children's ministers can't get away from the church as easily as other ministers can. And so I think we have to be a little more proactive to find Mm -hmm. those moments of being able Mm -hmm. to find those continuing education opportunities, but also just those ministry events that you can be a part of and that will be beneficial to you. And so I think women's ministry, Bible study conferences, all those types of things can be incredibly helpful. And again, it's something you can kind of look through your year and your budget and decide, Mm -hmm. well, this year and do something every other year. Maybe if you can only go to one conference a year, do the children's ministry conference Mm -hmm. one year and then do the women's ministry conference the next year. So it gives Mm -hmm. you those, you know, those, those little breaks in your your opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's huge. I think one other thing that I have was for you to remember that you have been called as the children's minister of your church. You have been given a calling that for whatever reason, even if you don't feel like you belong there, even if you wonder how in the world you got there, even if you have not had the training or you didn't have the experience beforehand, you were the person that the church asked because this is where God has you for this season. God has you in your ministry for a season Mm -hmm. and for a reason. And so you have been called, whether you feel like you have been or not, you have been called for this time to be a leader in your church's ministry. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to be able to have the confidence Mm -hmm. that you have been called. And so have that confidence in your vision for your ministry, have that confidence in the decisions that you're making. Um, you know, be willing to listen to criticism, but also remember that you have been called to make the decisions. And so you have confidence in what you know Mm -hmm. that God has called you to do and don't allow others to make you feel like you have to compromise on things. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that as you are dealing with things, you want to choose the hills you're willing to die on. That's a a for sure thing. Amen. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you want to you want to very carefully choose those hills that you're willing to die on but it's okay for you to to make those decisions to to mm-hmm. place those boundaries in your life and to walk with confidence and to not let people because everyone has an opinion 
Everyone thinks that they know what should be done. Everyone thinks that they know how children's ministry should be run and what they think is safe and what they think is not safe and what everybody has their own opinion for a lot of these things. And so I want you to have confidence in what God has called you to do, to just prayerfully make these decisions, but then stand firm in what you know to be right and what you know to be the best thing for your ministry as a whole even though it might not be the best thing for each individual for person. And they feel like, yeah. Yes. You know, they may feel like that they have to have this particular room. This is my Sunday school room. Mm-hmm. And I have to teach first graders in this classroom. Yeah. But if you know that rearranging your classroom for safety or security or yeah. for organizational reasons are best, yeah. then you stand strong in what you know is best for the ministry. And you find a loving way to help explain that to people, but right. don't let that start to wear you down because that the criticism and just all of those kinds of things that happen in ministry can be very exhausting and it can wear you down very quickly. And so I just want you to move forward in confidence with the calling that God has given you and to, to set your boundaries and to stand firm on them. And that's going to think, I think that is going to help you fight burnout in a great way. If you can move in with confidence in the calling that God has given you. Amen. And, you know, I'm actually going to use that as sort of um, a jumping off point for another sort of offshoot thought um, Mm -hmm. with, you know, as as the leader of a ministry. And so this is me in some ways talking about my own personal leadership philosophy. um, Mm -hmm. Yes, I am responsible for every aspect of the ministry, but Mm -hmm. I am not I don't have to execute every aspect of the ministry. And it is, it is my calling to equip the saints. And so one of my things as a leader is I am a strong believer in leadership development and in delegation. And so as you are going through leading your ministry, um, intentionally looking out for those great leaders who you can cultivate, who you can teach, who you can cross train, um, because the more that you can spread that load of, yes. of um, your administrative duties, your oversight, um, the more that you can spread that load in trusted, trained, um, you know, great leaders, the, the more margin you have in your life and in your leadership yes. to, um, to be able to bounce back from the criticism or the hard conversations or all the other things. And so, so the more that you can equip the saints, the more that you can train leaders, delegate to them, get them equipped, cross-train, um, the more margin you create um, in your life, in your schedule, in your own heart and mind, um, as you have others who are coming alongside you and sharing the work of the ministry um, with you. And so I think that is um, incredibly important. And we, and we do have another episode on recruiting volunteers. And we talk a little bit about we this do. as well, um, we cultivating do. leaders and recruiting right. them. And, so. and I think one of the things that we, we made the point of there too, when we were talking, and, and I feel like we should just mention it here too, just in case you didn't hear the other, is just to remind you that children's ministry leadership is very much an administrative focus. A lot of people think, oh, it's because you play I with enjoy kids being with the kids and I get to be with the kids <laughs> and I get to teach kids and be with the kids. And you do get yeah. to be with the children more often for sure. But as a children's ministry leader, 
the majority of your job is administrative. It's, it's helping grow leaders to be those people that are working with your kids and that are doing things. I think it was interesting. I've been watching a lot of influencers as they've been sending their kids off to college over the last couple of weeks. And you see sort of some different philosophies in parenting going on when you're watching and listening to what they're talking about and what they're focusing on. And the idea is this, we are raising our children to be strong, independent, and to be able to go out in the world and, and, you know, do, do well and, and to, to know what they believe. And so when we're watching them head off to college, they are actually doing what we have been preparing them for 18 years to do. But there are so many parents that go, but I don't want them. I want them to want to be with me. I want them to not want to go. I want them to not be excited about having their own space. And it's like, that's what we've been working towards for all of these years is to set them off. So we want them to be excited to do that. Yeah, that was our purpose. And it's sort of the same with children's (laughs) ministry. It's really easy to think, well, I have to be the one teaching. I have to be the one, you know, running this, this event. I have to be the one doing all of this work. And really what you're doing or you, your responsibility is to help train leaders to be able to step out and do those things and do them well and be able to do them for their, as their service to their church and to Mm -hmm. their families. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's, it's reminding ourselves that we don't always have to be busy. Mm -hmm. Busy is not a sign of successful. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we always think that if we're not doing everything, then we're not doing well you can be a wonderful children's minister and delegate really well. That's the the point, you know, you want to bring people in to do ministry with you. And so I think that that's something we kind of forget. And so it's something for us to remember is that we can't do it all ourselves. It's not possible. It's 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 not. And sometimes whenever we're doing all the things, we're robbing someone else of their opportunity to grow in their relationship with Christ through serving in a particular way. And so, so sometimes it is, sometimes we just kind of like got to get out of our own way and, Mm -hmm. and give other people an opportunity to serve. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to train them well, we want to prepare them well, but, but give them that opportunity to serve and to grow in their relationship with Christ through service. So, yeah. Because if you're willing to do something, people are more than willing to let you do it. You know, you, if, if you, if you were saying to yourself, well, I have to do it because no one has stepped up to do it. Well, it might be that no one stepped up to do it because you're you always doing it. it. Yourself. So yeah, you have to kind of think yeah. through, have I really tried to find the right person yeah. to do this particular thing in our ministry? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really important that you do that. So amen. All right. Other thoughts? I don't think so. I think I feel like we've been around the world, but I do feel like, I mean, we've, I feel like we've thrown out the sort of myriad of ways to approach burnout and, and I think it's good. And I think, um, and I hope that, you know, our listeners can listen to that and, and take a thing or two and be like, oh, that, oh yeah, that. Um, and so, so hopefully, you know, people. And not let all this to overwhelm you because you can't do it all at once. Right. I've said many times during this is that I have struggled with every single one of these areas. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I've struggled with them more at certain times than others. I've been better at certain times than others. It's mm-hmm. it's an ongoing process. It's an ever-growing, ever-changing, living, breathing aspect of our lives is to figure out how we're balancing 
our service and our relationship with God and, and our family, our family and, and all our of those things. And right. And right. so, so it's a delicate balance. So hopefully we've given you a few ideas of some things that you can kind of think about or that you can focus on. And as always, if you have questions, don't hesitate to, to mention them um, in the comments send us a message, let us know so that we can try to make sure we cover topics. If there's something we've left unsaid or something we've kind of mentioned. And then you're like, I don't know what she meant by that. Let us know <laughs> because we would love to, to be able to elaborate a little bit more, try to help you. That was our purpose. Our heart is that we can minister to you, the children's Amen. minister. That was, was what we really wanted to be able to accomplish with this. And so hopefully that has happened this week in our conversation. We would love it if you would hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. Yes. We are working so hard to try to get 100 followers so that we can make the channel a little bit more accessible and so that we can do a little bit more with it and know that we are on Pinterest. If you are following us there, we appreciate it. And we are working on all the other things we are going to be letting you know as we go through, but we are, we are trying to get some more things going and, and we are working hard on it. It has definitely been a big learning curve for me. Yeah. We are not uh, technical gurus. So we are not technical. No. We do not know what we're doing. We are <laughs> our children's ministers that just wanted to be able to share and help you. And so we're going to try to find as many possible ways as we can to do that, but just be patient with us as we work on it. But we appreciate just your encouragement and you watching and you being a part of our conversation. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.